Welcome to the Water and Stone Church Podcast. This is episode number 84. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I am Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And as we gather around this time, I want to talk about what we did on Saturday. Yeah. And it was celebrating a friend's 60th birthday party, and it was really, really fun, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, I just want to say happy birthday, Mitch. Mitch has been there from the very beginning of uh, of Water and Stone. He was there before it was even called Water and Stone. Uh, some of you know, if you're listening to this podcast, that before we... Uh, we started having services. We started having meetings at our house, and, and we would do an evening meeting, and uh, then we started having a Sunday morning thing where we started talking about, well, what does this look like, and what would it look like to build the church that we want to go to, and what are some assumptions that we can challenge about church, and what makes it a church, and all that, and right there with us through thick and thin, through all of that, was our friend Mitch. And so it was really a neat thing to get to celebrate him. And uh, he had his birthday party at uh, Three Daughters Brewery, which is sort of a St. Pete institution. It's a local business, and they have a giant warehouse, strangely enough, in the warehouse district uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth. And it was good for a lot of reasons, one of them being that I love that area. I really think that's where the city is growing, and I'm thinking that that would be a cool place to build a church is right in there. So I think about that all the time. But more than that, it was really a neat thing to to get to experience our family, the church family that we've built together outside of the context of church. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It was really neat because there were families there and they had uh, life-size Jenga. They had, um, you know, cornhole. They had all kinds yeah, of all fun games. Kind of band. Outside they had a band. And, and, you know, it was really neat to have just the local brews there that you know they make cider they make beer well they they have have a coffee blonde ale it's got coffee in it obviously that's really really good and i'm not you know i have about a beer a month i'm not really that guy but it's really really nice and it's such a neat environment to be in and if you know me at all if you've spent more than five minutes with me you've heard me say this phrase oh this would make an interesting church I got it from my parents. It's one of the, you know, one of the things that I, I'm, there's a lot of things I've inherited from them that I'm not so crazy about, but that one I'm <laughs> proud of. <laughs> you know how it is with parents. But I, uh, everywhere I go, gas stations, restaurants, malls, whatever, and I go, what would this be like as a church? Because I'm building a church as we speak and trying to figure it out. And so this was a warehouse and giant room and all that. And they had a stage in one part of it because there was a band there and lots of people gathered around and a feeling of, we're all in this together that you love and just super fun and everything. It's one of those thin places. And Mitch has even said it's a thin place for him. Well, and they had that thing up on the wall mm-hmm. of their their past, their present, and their future. And it was, it was illustrated and they talked about where they had been, what they're doing now, and where they hope to be in the future. And I know that that really inspired us yeah. to kind of go back and think about not only personally where where we have been and where we are now and where we would like to go, but also for this church. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, that's that's kind of cool. And I, I encourage everybody to kind of do that. Acknowledge where you have been. Acknowledge where you've come from. Acknowledge where you are. And then set forth those goals about, you know, what you want to have in your future and, and where you're going to be. Well, in fact, I want to challenge you listening. I, I actually talked a little bit about this before, you know, and in the little – 
chunk I t do at the very beginning of every talk when I'm welcoming everybody. I mentioned this, but I want to really double down on it because here's the thing. Everybody has those thin places in their lives, places that are inspirational to them in one way or another. And for some people, it's the beach or for, for Mitch, it's three daughters. There's a place I love. I know it's not in St. Pete, which is the only thing wrong with it. It'd be perfect if it was in St. Pete. But there's a place over in Tampa called Oxford Exchange. It's a thin place for me. But you've got a place that, that you can think of where it just feels right. It's kind of an inspirational place, and maybe you don't even exactly know why, and maybe that's part of the, the magic of it. Find thin places in your life. As we work to build this church together, I've asked our sort of our inner circle to look for thin places and let me know what makes them that way. But anyway, go to that place, that thin place, but don't just experience it on that level. Ask yourself a couple of questions. First of all, ask yourself, okay, what does this mean for me in the big picture? Demand a lesson that is going to affect your big idea about it. And for us, in that thin place of Three Daughters Brewery, we saw those three panels of the past, present, future. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. I love that vision. And it'd be fun to do that uh, when we have our own church building and stuff like that. So ask that question about big picture and then ask another question. Okay, God speaking to me through this thin place. Say it in whatever way it makes sense to you to say it, but that's really what you're saying. Okay, what's my immediate lesson? What do you want me to do about this right now? Okay, and for me, I said that, and and I mentioned this on the middle panel, panel on the right now, the present. Mm -hmm. There was a little snippet, and it was so wonderful and weird how it happened for me. And this happens to me sometimes, where everything else just kind of faded out and became clear, and there was just sort of one thing. And there was a little note on the middle panel, and it talked about how they had made this special beer uh, for their veterans. And it was a special thing. They don't make it anymore. And it was called Tango Yankee. Right. And that is a uh, apparently radio slang, military slang, you know, like whiskey, foxtrot, right. you know, whatever, whatever. But uh, Tango Yankee is radio talk, military talk for thank you. Yeah, and they made that beer that. and it was called Tango Yankee. And the idea was it was a way of saying thank you. But the lesson I got is find your Tango Yankee moments. Find an opportunity to go, you know what? Thank you. I remember God's happening. And that's especially appropriate for the lesson that we're doing today because it's about, remember, God's always talking. And now we'd like to share with you the Sunday worship service for September 16th, 2018. The title of the lesson is called Wake Up Call, and it is number seven in our sign series of Jesus's Recorded Miracles. Our scripture today comes from John 11, 11. This he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. That's it. That's the message. Over and over again, I mean, this shouldn't come as a shock to us. Over and over again, that's kind of the job, is to wake people up. That's it. So often people say, I've got to go get good from somewhere else. I've got to learn the magic words to attract it. I've got to go hunt it down and beat it with a stick and drag it back to my cave. I've got to go get a thing that I don't have. Yeah, but that's a dangerous proposition. Because if I believe I've got to go get a thing or attract a thing I don't have, my prayer is really, I don't have. It's a statement of emptiness, and it's hard to fill that. In fact, it's not possible. But I'm here to tell you something that I didn't come up with. It's there in the scripture, and it's, in fact, everywhere. The game of life is won not by getting a thing you don't have, but instead by waking up to something that has always been true. 
There's a book called Mysteries of John, and in it, Charles Fillmore says, People get old because they have let the youth idea fall asleep. I like that so much, I'm going to say it again. People get old because they have let the youth idea fall asleep. That's what happens. Because if God is God, then everything is right here. All the good, all the love, all the life, all the whatever you want here and nowhere but here. It's a matter of waking up to something that is already true. You are already loved. You are already beautiful. You are already alive. You are already the answer to whatever problem life throws your way. You just got to wake up to it. Oh, that's a good thing to know. It's already here. But as it turns out, you already know that. Everybody really knows it. Something happens when you wake up to something, when you change your mind about a thing. You ever been shopping for a new car or just thinking about one? You decide, you know what, I want to get a Jeep. Don't judge me. I want to get a Jeep. All of a sudden, you see more Jeeps on the road. You ever notice that? It doesn't have to be a Jeep. It could be Volkswagen Beetle. It could be anything. All of a sudden, you see a bunch more of them on the road. All of a sudden, they're everywhere. They're in the thing next to you at the gas station. They're in the mall parking lot. They almost cut you off in traffic. You see them everywhere. When you decide, you know what, I want that, all of a sudden, they're all over the place. Well, what happened? Did you magically attract more Jeeps? It's a little bit egotistical. As it turns out, that kind of idea of attraction always has a little bit of narcissism in there somewhere. You didn't make something happen. It's just that you tuned into something that was already true. As it turns out, here's the thing I want you to know. I say it all the time. Everything is like everything. <laughs> I know, very deep, right? Everything is like everything. If it works in one area, I guarantee there is a truth there that can be applied to something else. Everything is like everything. And if it applies to a car, it applies to your life. If you decide that instead of in the market for a Jeep, you're in the market for true love, happiness, fulfillment, a job that doesn't make you feel like a loser. If you're in the market for a functional life, all of a sudden you will see opportunities for it all over the place that were there the whole time. Life is what you are awake to. The sun's always there. Gravity's always there. Love is always there. The answers are always there. Life is what you're awake to. The only thing that's not there, the only thing that's fake, is the idea that we could ever be separate from it in the first place. The only thing that's fake is separation. And people say, yeah, that's great. I, I know that you say that, and it sounds good on paper and all that, but, you know, there's a lot of people I don't like. <laughs> sounds good, but, you know, there's those people. I turn on the news, and it's just full of stuff I don't want to see, and I go to work, and there's these people I don't want to deal with, and don't, don't get me started about Thanksgiving dinner, and I don't even want to go there. You know what I mean? I tell you that we're all one, and it's easy to go, yeah, but that one guy... I get it. But that one guy is there for a very specific reason. That thing that's going on is there for a very specific reason. Whatever it is that's happening is happening for a very specific reason. Here's the deal. There's no accidents in the universe. There's just God, right? And that means that every person, place, and thing, every event and character and situation in the story of your life is there for you. Ooh, even the ones you don't like are there for you. If somebody's bugging you, they may not know it, you may not know it, but God sent them to wake you up. Think about it. Think about it. God sent them to wake you up. 
wake you up to a dream that you already have, to a love that's already there. You know that thing that you want so bad? Whatever it is, think about it. If you didn't already have something in common with it, you wouldn't know to want it. The reason that it calls to you is that you already have something in common with it. All you got to do is wake up for it. And it's very possible that that person who you decided is the enemy is actually the only one who's going to get through to you and say, no, 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 you can be a nice person. No, 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 life can work. No, 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 the doctor doesn't have to be right. No, 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 whatever it is. You can learn through yes, and that's great. But sometimes you learn through no, too, and that's okay, too. I want you to think about those people who may have seemed like adversaries in your life. Those situations that may have seemed adversarial. And by and by, let's get to the place where we can look at each of them and say, you know what, thank you for the wake-up call. I'd been snoozing on that for so long. But you know what happens, you hit that snooze button enough times, it gets louder, and it gets louder, and all of a sudden the neighbors are banging on the door. Are you okay in there? I've tried it that way. The people get louder, and you decide, I'm not listening to them. I don't like what they have to say. It turns out that's precisely the thing I needed to hear. Thank you, God, for the wake-up call. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to realize that life can work. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to make a connection, to get out of the way. This whole story, the whole Lazarus thing, is about making connections. This whole story is about opposites working together. It's about comparisons. It's about death versus sleeping. It's about this moment versus eternity. It's about showing up in a place versus the idea that there's good everywhere. It's about a lot of dynamics. Specifically, it's about the idea that God is in one place versus God is everywhere. And a long time ago now, we talked about the idea that so much gets cured when you have your answer to the question, where is God? When you get scared, where's God? And if you can ask yourself that question, you can begin to dig yourself out. But this is a story about understanding how to have the bigness <laughs> of the whole thing show up right here in your life. It's a story about that connection of bringing the imminent and the transcendent. I like those big words, imminent and transcendent, about bringing them together. And it all happens in one little moment in the story. Now, you know probably the Lazarus story. You, you, you know the story, so it might be that you think, oh, he's going to talk about the, okay, spoilers, uh, he comes back to life. There are, it's easy to go, well, that's the story, but think about it. I mean, is it really a surprise? We know what Jesus does. It's kind of his thing. Not really a shocker. It's wonderful that that happens, but that's not really the breakthrough of the story. There's another moment in there earlier in the story that is transformational. There's a moment in there a little bit earlier that really challenged me and really brings the whole thing home. There's a verse in there that's just two words. And when I was a kid and I first started reading this stuff, it knocked me out. I didn't know what to do with it. Thank God for those moments. When I was a kid, I just kind of skipped it because I didn't like it. But as you grow, you start to face the things that are uncomfortable and you start to grow. Two words. It says, Jesus wept. I didn't like that. I don't like that. As a kid reading that, it's like hearing, and Superman fell down. <laughs> you know what I mean? It does, I don't want that. Because as a kid, I thought that crying was a sign of weakness and I didn't want the hero of the story to do that. You know what I mean? I couldn't handle it. Didn't get it. And there are those who go, oh, we'll see, he's just, you know, he lost it. 
you're allowed to lose it. And you know what? You are allowed to lose it. But that can't be it because it doesn't match the whole rest of the story. Before that, the disciples go, you know, your friend Lazarus, he's really sick. And Jesus goes, sick? Really? Who are you talking to? Paraphrase. No, no, he's dead. Guys, death is not a thing. The quote is, this doesn't end in death. It ends in success. It ends in glory. It ends in happiness. Here's the thing that I want you to know. Nothing good ever dies. Nothing good ever dies. And over and over again, that's the message. I think about that in your life. The next time you're afraid about something, I want you to write that on your heart. That's right, I'm getting some applause from Bailey. Nothing good ever dies. So given that Jesus at this point in the story has seen it all, he's telling everybody, guys, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be rough and then it's going to be okay. Can we believe that in that moment he just, oops, I'm sad now. Is that really what happened or is there more to the story? Over and over again, we get a different message. And as I grew, I realized that tears don't mean weakness. I don't know about you, but the moments in my life that have been the most meaningful, the moments in my life where I really knew who I was, the moments in my life when something changed, there were tears. Ask yourself, when's the last time you cried because it was beautiful? You cried because you were laughing. It was so dang funny. When's the last time you cried because... Something broke through and you finally got done with the thing. When's the last time you cried because you were free? Tears come when you are moved by something. Yeah, it's possible that, that Jesus cried the same tears that we all cry when we love somebody and we know that they've just got to do it the hard way. I'm a dad. I get that. And I have amazing, beautiful, brilliant, wonderful children. But there are times when I see the train coming and my kids and me, our hearts are wired the same way. So it's like, I know this thing's going to happen. And you're like, stop, get out of the way. What are you doing? But they got to do it. Because I had to do it too, and I grew through it. So what am I afraid of? It's on me. They're going to live their life. This is about me being afraid. It's ego stuff, right? It's possible that Jesus cried the tears of, guys, why? You got to do it the hard way. Didn't you hear anything? But that's not the whole story. Jesus wept. Because it's a moving experience. Jesus wept is the moment. Those two words are so pivotal because what it's really saying is he was actually there. Fully. Spirit, soul, and body actually present. If you want your life to work, find a way to show up for it. Let it move you. If you want the stone to move out of the way, you have to be willing to be moved yourself. No more of this armor stuff. No more of this I'm not affected. No more of this I'm not going to put my heart out there. Let us be the kind of people who are so strong that we can say, you know what, it all gets in my heart because somewhere in there there's love. Find a way to take the armor off. That's the only way to win. Find a way to take the armor off. Find a way to be moved. When's the last time you moved because you were happy? When's the last time you were moved by something beautiful? Have that happen today. Because it's the only way to healing. Show up for your life. And that's another way of saying, you know what, that thing that you're going through, it's happening. It is. It's okay. You don't have to cry about it. It's okay. Find that thing that, that, that's going on and realize that, you know what, this is real. 
This, the situation with my doctor, the situation with my pocketbook, the situation with my love life or the lack thereof, the situation with whatever it is, this is happening. Yeah, it's true. There are places you can go on a Sunday morning where they would tell you, oh, that's not real. Well, it sure feels real. They can tell you, oh, spirituality is about ignoring it. And if I pretend like it's not happening hard enough, then it won't happen. That's not how this works. Spiritual people face it. I'm not saying it's always easy, but we're here for each other. This is a safe place. Being spiritual means looking at what's going on in your life and saying, okay, what? <laughs> Sometimes it's like that. All right, what? What do you got for me? Okay, I'm going to grow because I'm sick of it being this way. The things that are happening in your life are happening. No more running. Face them. Because the facts of your life are facts. They're just not the whole truth about you. That thing that's going on is just... As Eric Butterworth says, a parenthesis in eternity. I like that. Just a moment. You are an eternal being. There is a part of you that goes on forever and has always existed. You don't have to be afraid about this moment. Yeah, it stinks right now, so let me fix it. Okay, I can do that when I realize that there's something in me that's bigger than anything that's outside of me. Jesus said, guys... Depending on your Bible translation, it didn't start with the word guys. But, but Jesus said, guys, this thing does not end in death, but in glory, in success, in happiness. It's going to be okay. Notice he didn't say he's not going to die. He said it just doesn't end with death. Think about that. Because this is a story about you and me too. In other words, I'm not trying to tell you that you're not ever going to have a hard time. I'm not trying to tell you that it's always going to be smooth sailing. I'm not trying to tell you that everything is always going to be fine. What I am trying to tell you is that's not the end of your story. It's okay if it feels like death. It's okay if it feels difficult. It's okay if it feels like, I don't know. Because those are the moments when you're really close to something amazing. I don't know about you, but the moments when I really broke through were the moments when it, I felt like I was... Ooh, I'm at rock bottom. That's what the bottom of the barrel looks like. Okay, and you get out of the way. It doesn't end in death. That's a good thing to know. But it means letting go of some stuff. And I guess we all know we're supposed to let go of things. Everybody says it. The phrase let go and let God is not copyrighted by anybody. We've all heard it before. Everybody knows you're supposed to release. Great. I, I don't know how to do that. Release. Great, that sounds so wimpy. And in fact, that idea has been used to justify all kinds of negative behavior. You know, somebody's doing something dysfunctional to you and they go, you know, if you were a more spiritual being, you would just release that and let me clobber you. Come on, can't you be, can't you be a true being of light and let me continue being a jerk to you? I've heard that kind of thing before, maybe not in those words, but you've heard it too. And so I get why release gets a bad rap because, it, once again, it sounds wimpy. It sounds passive. It sounds like being a doormat. And I'm here to tell you that ain't how this works. Release, when you do it right, is anything but passive. Yeah, you got to take out the garbage, but the truth is you have to take it out. It's not a matter of just throwing it on the kitchen floor. <laughs> Sooner or later, the authorities are called. And then you have a show on the Discovery Channel. Anyway... <laughs> Taking the garbage out means sometimes you got to bag it up and take it outside. That's not passive. Looking at your life means sometimes you got to go, you know what, these things don't work so good anymore. That is an active process. Jesus came to the tomb where Lazarus was. It was like a cave and a stone in front of it. And he said, okay, you guys called me. I told you it was going to be okay, but nobody got the memo. Here we are. 
let's do this. Roll away the stone. And then these people who called him, who knows how many voicemails, they called him. <laughs> Seriously, this time, really? Um, he said, roll away the stone. And said, well, maybe we don't want to do that. Isn't that funny? It would be funnier if I hadn't done that myself so many times. You want the answer, and you pray for the answer, and you realize you got to do a thing, and you're like, maybe I don't want the answer. So i got to roll the stone away, and they're heavy. But Martha, who's there, says, he's been in there for a while. It's going to smell bad. Maybe we shouldn't do this. And it's not in the Bible, but I have to believe that Jesus went, really? Really? After all of this, you guys called me? Really? After everything that we've talked about, you're afraid of an odor problem? Really? Come on. But there's a message there for you and me. You have to roll away the stone even if it stinks. It's not deep. It's just true. You have to roll away the stone even if it stinks. You have to roll away the stone even if it's work. There is something going on and you know what it is. It's time to quit doing that thing. It's time to quit giving that whatever it is power. It's it's time to stop believing that that whatever it is has power over you. It's time to roll away the stone even if it stinks. And in fact, it probably will. It probably involves some unlearning. It probably involves learning how to love in a different way. It probably involves all kinds of stuff. But you know what? It's worth it. Roll away the stone. And so the question for you is, what is the stone for you? Most people, maybe all people, I'm not going to say for sure, but at least most people, take the negative things that they feel, and it feels bad to feel them in here, and so they put them outside somewhere. All the negative things I have about me, I have taken and I put into a golden calf of negative emotions, right? Uh, Whether it's the job that I don't like, or a way of dealing with a person I'm supposed to love that ain't so healthy. Whether it's an addiction whether it's all kinds of things. And that becomes the stone that I make of all of my negative stuff. And I let it define me. And I let it get between me and my good. I ask you, what is the stone for you? Take some time. If I were the kind of guy that gave homework, that would be the homework. Figure out what your stone is. Because I'm here to tell you, it's time to roll it away. And it might feel easy once you face it, or it might feel like passing that stone. (laughs) That's up to you. (laughs) But this too shall pass. Just hydrate properly. You'll be okay. You know what I mean. Face it. Get it away. It's time to roll the stone away, to get yourself into the present, because the past can't tell you who you are anymore. And then step two, are you ready? After you roll the stone away, after you pass the stone. (laughs) Watch out. Because life will ask you if you mean it. Watch out, because that's only part one of the story. It's so easy to stop there, but you ain't home yet. Roll the stone away and then watch out, because you know the deal. Lazarus comes out, and Jesus says that weird thing. Remember? Lazarus comes out, and Jesus says, Loose him and let him go. I I just sort of picture myself there. What? He's not a golden retriever. It's like, oh, look at Lazarus. He loves to run in the fields. What are you talking about? Loose him and let him go. What is that? Nobody was dogpiling on Lazarus. Give the guy some space. We've already heard about the odor problem. Get away from him. 
Loose him and let him go. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means since you asked. It means stop seeing him dead. You've got to let that go. Roll the stone away of the old ways and watch out because they might come back to you in future ways. You get done with the old dysfunctional relationship, it might be that it comes in a new way, new face, new situation, same problem. The fix only comes when you let it go. The fix only comes when you stop seeing Lazarus as dead, stop seeing yourself as sick, stop seeing yourself as alone or poor or whatever because you know God don't see you that way. The healing happens when you stop seeing yourself as sick. Let it go. And let it go right now. This is a miracle about right now, isn't it? Jesus shows up and Mary and Martha and the the rest of the gang say, you know, if you had been here, we could have avoided all of this. I like the idea that they're going, Jesus, come on, like it's Uber. Jesus, if you had been here, we could have avoided all of this. And Jesus basically goes, really? You're going to talk about proximity? What about what I have said has made you believe that a person has to physically be there? Once again and over and over again, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. Once again and over and over again, there's good in you. You don't need me to do this. Once again and over and over again, God is wherever you are. So really, proximity? Don't you know that life just sort of happens, that healing is natural, that love is natural, that prosperity is natural, only has a problem when we get in the way? Don't you believe in life? And Martha, real problem, Martha. Not Martha Stewart, different Martha. She might have been there, I don't know, but (laughs) it's a good thing. Um, Martha says, yeah, I believe in life eventually. You know, someday we'll all get there. Someday we'll all get there. Someday. And Jesus says, whose pamphlets are you reading? Someday? What about what I have said has made you think that God happens someday? And in fact, here's the thing that I want everybody to hear. Your belief in someday is a belief that God isn't here right now. And your belief in someday is precisely the thing that makes you old. Kids don't believe in someday. They believe in right now. Be like that. Be like that. God is right now. And that's the thing. Jesus does this amazing prayer. And you know the prayer at Lazarus' tomb. And he comes out and he says, nothing. (laughs) It's not magic. There's no mumbo jumbo. There's no special thing. He doesn't go, okay, everybody sit still. We're going to sage this entire area. Even though an air freshener, once again, that's the third time. I won't say it again. He doesn't say, everybody put on these special hats. He doesn't say, we need a special series of magic words. He doesn't say, we have to face the four directions. He doesn't say any of those things. He says, God, I love this prayer. I know that you hear me, and I know that you always hear me, because I know you're here. And then the guilt trip part. He goes, in fact, I'm only saying that for the benefit of these other people around me. I love that. little moment of, guys, come on now. There's no magic words. There's no please, oh, please, God, because God already knows that. Because life is natural. It's like praying to gravity to do what gravity already does. Life is natural. Love is natural. Breakthroughs are natural when we let them happen. So Jesus just says, okay, God, I know you're here. I'm reminding all these people that you're here. So now let's get down to work. 
And then this wonderful, simple, quiet prayer, once again, we're talking about balances, is balanced by this amazing thing. Jesus says with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. What can you say with the loud voice to? There's a part of you that needs to come out now. Maybe it's been sleeping your whole life. Maybe it's time for something to happen. There's a song for you to sing. There's art for you to share. There's love for you to give. Something is calling to you, and I want you to know, I need you to know, the world needs you to know that whatever has seemed like death, oh, that old idea, that dream is dead now. That idea of life and freedom and happiness, it's dead now. The idea that I could be in a loving relationship is dead now. The idea that I could live without fear of the bills, dead now. Nothing good ever dies. And the feeling that you have of anger or fear or whatever is just God saying it's time for your wake-up call. And I use my phone as an alarm. It's great because I can change the thing, the, the sound that plays, because after a while I get sick of it, or my wife gets sick of it, or my wife gets sick of me doing it, or um, whatever it is. Or it just stops working. I'm used to it. Maybe there's some alarm sounds you're used to. But I want you to know that just like on your phone, you can change it. Today, change your alarm tone. Today, find the stone. Today, roll it away. Today, stop seeing yourself as sick anymore because God doesn't see you that way. God needs you free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. So there's a lot of different takes on why Jesus cried. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, I love the take on it. I really, I really appreciate the fact that it, the tears flow. Well, let me, let me back up. Let me back up. For me. Okay. um, Tears come when I am. Frustrated and angry sometimes. Sure, of course. You know, I mean, and it's, it's, that's a little bit hard to take because you're so angry and you want to be strong and then the tears start coming because you can't take it and it's got to come out. Sure. Right. So that, that's one time the tears come. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where you're legitimately sad. There's grief, you know, there's grieving tears. And then there's the tears of being moved. That and I think that those are the tears that flow the most freely for me. Well, I think you know it, what I mean. I think, Does that make any know, sense? You know what? I bet really this is true of most people, maybe even all people. I bet really. I mean, look, I have known heartache. You know, I I, I have cried many tears of sadness and fear and desperation, just like everybody else. There's stuff, man. Everybody's got stories. And I don't want to say that in a dismissive way. Your story is a valid story. Everybody's got one. But if you were to just measure the sheer volume of salt water, I know from my life I have cried far more because of inspiration, because of beauty, because of being absolutely thrilled by something. The most recent time I think that I have really cried was when we were at the Paul Simon concert a couple weeks ago because it was just so awesome. I was moved by it. You know what I mean? I think that most of the time we cry because we're laughing so hard the thing happened. Yeah, of course there are tears of sadness. And maybe, you know, your mileage may vary, but the truth is, the point is that when somebody weeps, 
it's not necessarily because they're sad or broken. In fact, it's probably not because of that because there's a lot of other ways you can cry. There's one so-called negative way, even though you know that it's a release and it's mm-hmm. the beginning of something positive. So even that's not really negative. But there's one so-called negative and an awful lot of really positive reasons why you would be moved by something. And I think it's important to bring out, and it sounds like some kind of a defensive Jesus. Jesus doesn't need me to defend him. But I will say that because we come from a quote-unquote progressive spirituality side of things, there are so many people that want to find ways to lessen the Jesus Christ role. Because, well, they, they say things like, well, Jesus is just like a lot of other people, like the Buddha or Muhammad or Moses, or Jesus is an ascended master like this rich pantheon that I've come up with because I read this book one time, or whatever, and I understand that, but that's not how we see Jesus, and it's not how one has to see Jesus. And so when people like that read a passage like that, they go, aha, see, he broke down, he's weak. And first of all, once again, crying doesn't make you weak. In fact, I think it makes you strong. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, there's no need to be afraid anymore. Sometimes people downplay the role of Jesus because they're afraid of what it means. Because what Jesus Christ means is you've got to do a thing. What Jesus Christ means is how far are you willing to go? What Jesus Christ means is no holding back. Spirit, soul, and body, all of you in this moment right now, no escape to some uh, astral plane or nirvana or heaven right now. That's the Jesus message, and that's especially the message for this story. If you want the stone to move, you have got to be willing to be moved by the life that is going on right now around you. Because just like Jesus says in the, at the tomb, God's listening all the time. If I were to challenge somebody, I would say, look, every word is an answered prayer. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You know. Yeah, right? No. And, <laughs> so and, watch what the heck you say, well, man. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's such a – I think because some of the well more well-known stories in the Bible, because we know them, we hear them. Sure. This, and this is one of those stories that, you know, if you've been in a Bible-based church at all, you know the raising of Lazarus. You know you, you know yeah. what goes on. It's a, it's you a probably time got a little leading, movie of it in your head. Yep, you it's know? a time. It's time that's leading up to Jesus's, you know, huge miracle of, yeah. of all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's sort of like of the Easter prequel to, e- to Easter, right? It and, is. Yeah. It is because he's showing that he can do it. Yeah. You know, and not that he hasn't done amazing things before, but this is an illustration. This isn't of, even the first resurrection that no, happens in the no, Gospels, right? No, it isn't. But, but, yeah. but it is, it's like, okay, guys, once again, here, here we go. <laughs> but because it's with close family members and the people that he is closest with, you do have kind of a movie in your head that you mm-hmm. do play. Sure. So I think it's really important to not get caught up in the idea of a of a weak Jesus, you know, does well, it you know what I mean? Because that's not that's not my that's that's not my Jesus, you know. I but mean, it's which not. is a, a new but sitcom. The thing that's is, not yeah. my Jesus. No, <laughs> welcome but. back to that's not my Jesus. <laughs> but no, there's something really important about that because say what you want, but he's not a liar. And right. everything that he has said, you know, he remember he's saying, guys, this isn't a big deal. This doesn't end in death. Don't get hung up on this. And by the way, I know I said it during the talk, but it bears repetition. He never says Lazarus isn't going to die. He just says this isn't going to end in death. And I, I, and I it's really, that moment, that, right? again, I think that that is such an amazing thing because 
you're going to go through this, yeah. okay? And it may feel like a death to you. And I can think of a lot of times, if you've experienced the loss of someone to actual death, if you've experienced a divorce, if you've experienced Yeah, whether um, it's a physical death of, or an existential death right, where it's exactly. like, who am I now or whatever. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through that quote-unquote death. It, it just means that there will be success on the other side of it and that this is something that you must move through and and you're going to come out just fine on the other side. So again, I think it gives you not hope, but but it, um, I, I think hope is too weak of a word. I see. You well, know what I mean? Because hope feels That's like why. throwing up a white flag. It does. Well, I, hope, I was like, well, you know. Someday. You know I, but I think that unchanging amazing beautiful how about agreement faith uh, well well yeah but but your your the unshaken faith mm -hmm. that, like that you know that i'm you know i'm still standing yeah. better than i've yeah, ever been yeah 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 i knew you were gonna i knew you were yeah. gonna go there so i beat you to the looking like zone. a true survivor I'm feeling so... like a little kid um hey but it works yeah it works but you know? the, well and here's the line i mean i think when we think of hope we think of the word someday and Actually, yeah, Martha, yeah. Well, see, Martha says that to Jesus, where Jesus basically says to her, don't you remember all of the stuff I said about life and resurrection and so on and so forth? Come on now. You know this stuff. You're in the you're in the club. You yeah, get the secret but, decoder ring and everything. And she goes, oh, no, I know someday. And here's the line. Jesus says, they who believe in me, though they die, will live. And they who live and believe in me will never die. In other words, if you if you believe in this stuff, you might die, but you live. This is about, if you really believe, you'll go through the down times, the existential death, the whatever, but you'll live. You'll get through it. It's going to be okay if you believe in this. Right. But if you live and believe, in other words, if you take that feeling in your heart and you extend it out into your life, then you don't have to learn things the hard way. Right. You can, and I think that right. the moment is this, Jesus looking around at the, at the, at the people going, oh, he had to do it the hard way, huh? Okay, here we go. Here we are. Okay, that's, and that's fine. The thing. And you'll move through either mm -hmm. way. We either say way. it, we say it all the time, easy way or hard way. And that is Jesus's, you can do it the easy way or you can do it the hard way. And that's where he says it. That's where he lays it all out. But I'm talking about that unshakable faith, but I don't like the word hope here. I really don't. And I think you're exactly right with the Martha part of, you know, well, hope, some, hope, hope. hope invokes someday. Well, hope is you know? the, the, the difference between hope and faith is hope is though I die, I will live. Faith is I won't die. I won't die. And yeah. that's the difference. And that's the thing to do with your life. Ask yourself, do I really believe? And more than that, am I doing my best to live this? It's okay if you don't know everything. But know something and know it so intently that it comes forth in the way that you live. Now it's time to check it out. First thing that we want to let you know about is if you visit our website, waterandstonechurch.com, you are going to get so much information. You'll stay there forever. <laughs> there's our, really, I got to there, say. There's a lot there's there. Some good, I love our blog. We've got a great calendar. There's maps and directions to all the things that we're doing. There's links to all of our social media. It's a great way to find out about all kinds of stuff. It is a really good way to find out about us, what we're about, our manifesto, our basic beliefs, and so on and so forth. You can get on the newsletter and so on. And that is waterandstonechurch.com one more time. 
Another great way to be in the loop is by texting. Pick up your phone right now and text I am ready, I A M R E A D Y, which is uh, all one word, no spaces. Text I am ready to 84576. Text I am ready to 84576, and you're in the loop. You're going to get our newsletter once a week, and that's really about it. We don't inundate you with text messages or anything like that, but when there's a special announcement, when there's a change of plans, or when we need everybody to know a certain thing, that's how we do it. It's a great way to find out what's going on about all of our special stuff, and we have a lot of special stuff going on. Once again, another way is by following us on social media. If you scroll to the bottom of any page of our website, you can find great links to our Twitter or our Instagram, to our Facebook, and we're very active on all of those. I'm particularly proud of our Instagram account, but most of all, follow that link to YouTube because we've got some great stuff going on. We've got two YouTube channels. Right. And so at the very top of any page on our website, there's a watch thing. And that's going to take you to our Water and Stone YouTube page. And it's also going to take you to the This Day page. And our Water and Stone is where you can see little snippets of Dieter's lessons. You can see the classes that he's, he's done. All that good stuff. Go watch that. Go subscribe because you will be better for it. But the other one is this day. And that's the one that I host. And it's all about vegetarian and vegan comfort food. It's got a little bit of spirituality mixed in. The because, lessons are always so well, good. Well, because I can't help it. It's who I am. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna eat my food, you're also gonna get a little bit of a lesson along with it. So And it's really there's nobody else is doing anything like it. You gotta check it out because first of all, the food is amazing, and I have to say that it's not just a cool recipe but you actually Jenny you're so good at actually giving the the principles of it where it's like this is why we do this thing with the salt well, or whatever you. it is you, thank you, you I can, really do try to help as someone help you people learn as someone who grew up in a house where nobody could cook I actually am learning some things about how to cook this show can actually help you be better at that, help you how to learn. I think that anybody who's going away to college or moving out for the first time, this is like a prerequisite. You should really watch it. But it's not just that, as wonderful as that is. And the food is phenomenally good and compassionate and all of that. But the food is amazing. But also these, the, there's just a little bit of every episode. And the episodes are around, what, like 10 minutes? Yeah, about 10 minutes usually. And it's only like two or three minutes in the middle That's a, that's the lesson part. And it's so good and it fits and it's I'm making this thing and this is what it's like in your life and you can go and do a thing and be a better person. It gives you something to think about, food for thought as well as food for your tummy and it's awesome. So check out thisday.life or check out the YouTube link or whatever you need to do. It's really cool. But the most important thing is come and visit us on a Sunday. We meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at USF St. Pete Harbor Hall. The address there is 1000. 3rd Street South. And again, we meet at 11 a.m. Come and show up on a Sunday service. Come sing the songs that we sing. Our opening, our closing songs are phenomenal. They really are amazing. Dieter's lessons are always so powerful. And if you're listening, you you get to hear the lessons, but there's nothing like being there in person. Well, and you're missing a couple of chunks of it because, for example, uh, as some of you know, during the lesson, we have a phone number up on the screen and people can text if they have questions. And I don't know any other minister who's doing this. And it's so much fun. After I do the talk, I spend about 10 minutes or so answering questions that people have because I want that. I want to know what you want to know. But I got to say, we also have amazing music. I am so proud of our of our Water and Stone band. It's really cool. There's just so much. And most of all, there is a family there that will love you and support you through just about anything. It's such a neat thing to be a part of. 
podcast was recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy orange couch. And the head honcho of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these podcasts and does so many other amazing things for us and through us and for this church. She's half of the music that you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you know what that means. It means you can donate electronically. You can follow, go to the website and there's a link that lets you uh, give to the church and help us keep the lights on. You can also shop through Amazon in such a way that benefits the church. And more and more people are doing that and I'm grateful for that. It's such an easy, great way to do that. And I know it seems early for some people, but I know that someone else on this couch right now is already doing oh, Christmas shopping. Oh, I'm already shopping. Christmas shopping. Yeah. So do that through the link and it helps benefit the church. There's a lot of things you can can do. Go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, like iTunes, for example, and write a five-star review. Share a link, repost, reblog, like it, tweet it, like us on Facebook, that kind of stuff. There's lots of ways to share links to this. Most of all, though, the thing that I want you to do is show up. Be there with us at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I promise it will change your life.